I drink your milkshake. You are listening to the Billionaire Podcast Network. Welcome, welcome everybody to Lost in the Maze number 12. This this one's late again. Sorry, my bad. No promises here. Uh <laughs> maybe I should be more professional. This is the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ka-ching, bing, 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 dick to D, fill her up. Uh yeah, this is Lost in the Maze, the solo show on the Billionaire Podcast Network. It's me, yours truly. The first billionaire podcaster, the Daniel Plainview of podcasting, the Roger Ebert of boobs, uh, White Sonat, uh, it's me, Dalton Pruitt. Um, yeah, this this one's late again. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I've I've been busy with with stuff. Uh, just, just, I've had a lot of I got a lot of plates spinning. Because uh, I've been I've been working as a street performer uh, in my in moonlighting hours, and I've been spinning plates. Uh, I've also been playing uh, playing in the, doing the organ while my monk the monkey dances, do organ grinding. Uh, I also paint myself gold, I guess. Here in these streets, no, I've, I've just been um, busy with life stuff. I don't have the, uh, you know, I, I don't have the comfort or the uh, the wealth that, that affords me a, 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 a stable podcast schedule. You know, I do what I can when I can, and it's it's currently 1.46 a.m. Friday, November 7th. I spent all day dodging calls from creditors. Good fucking luck getting that money. Uh, not even the, <laughs> it's not even the company I borrowed from originally they done sold that shit off that's you know one of the unfortunate uh fallouts from psychosis is your wanton disregard for your own finances uh horrific financial decisions made in the throes of a mental health crisis uh under the delusion that the government itself is going to deposit millions of dollars in your bank account and then after months it does not and, and then the and then the phone calls start coming. The letters start coming in the mail, 
uh, and that's that's going to get ignored. Uh, the same with the medical debt. Uh, good, yeah, nice fucking try. Not paying that either. Uh, you know, you're you you're the the police are the ones that made me go to the hospital, so I'll be fucking goddamn if I have to pay that bill. Okay, you know what I'm saying? You hit me with a fifty-one fifty, and then try and stick me with the fucking bill. Go fuck yourself. All right, I'm not paying that. Maybe when I get my first billion, uh, but you know, the, until then, you're not getting a fucking red cent from me. Uh, not not a not a half penny. Or a, or a wheat penny. I used to think those were valuable. I remember one time when I was a kid, I've, I've always had like an aversion to actually just like doing any real work. And, and so I remember when I was a kid, uh, I collect, I had like wheat, a bunch of wheat pennies that I had found, um, which are just like old pennies. It was just like on the back of the penny and, instead of uh, whatever that building is on the back of the penny. Man, I think it's like the Lincoln Memorial maybe or the, something like that. It, it's it just, it's like wheat. Um, it's just like a thing of wheat. And um, I remember taking them to a uh, like an antique shop and thinking like, yeah, this this antique shop out here on a fucking you know one the one ninety nine high on the side of the one ninety nine highway in Texas is gonna you know pay for my uh, my college my mortgage in the future. This is gonna create generational wealth. This handful of wheat pennies that I've collected. And uh, I remember taking them in there and, and saying, "So what? You know, what are these worth? What can you do for me with these?" And they were like, "Well, each one is about worth is worth about one cent each." Uh, so that plan did not work out, and neither did the plan of uh, becoming a comedian uh, either. <laughs> I would have uh, been better served just actually fucking working in my life. And I've I've tried uh, <laughs> I've, I've as as smart and witty and talented as I am, never really been good at holding down a job. Um, every job I've had, I have either shown poor performance or just been completely insubordinate in some way. I had a uh, I had a job a few years ago as a barista at this place called Gregory's Coffee uh in in nyc and it's not, i mean it's not i i like working as a barista it's not a bad gig it's like you get all the coffee you want so you turn you turn it every day you just turn into a fry from that episode of futurama where he drinks 100 cups of coffee that's just because that's just how i would spend my days is just like i guess just out of boredom just pounding espresso and, and by the end of my shift i'm just shaking and shitting my pants uh, but, you know, I, I learned how to make all the cool drinks, lattes, cappuccinos, cortados. Uh, I knew all the regulars, all the finance guys in $6,000 soups that did not leave tips. And um, it wasn't bad. My manager, when I started, was this, like, this Ecuadorian guy. I forget his name. It was, like, Lorenzo or something. And he was really laid back and chill. He was just like, you know, just clock in on time, uh, you know, smile, uh, work, uh, you know, provide good service. But he, he was pretty hands off. And then he left and was replaced by a, uh, a, a Himalayan fella by the name of Kush. 
uh, who was an absolute fucking jackass and it just was breathing down our necks and this motherfucker th this fucking mountain dweller uh wanted uh, every one of us to get like to have like a sub one minute time on whatever the drink was we were supposed to make so every fucking latte or cappuccino that was being ordered he wanted us to get it down to where we were pulling the like grinding up the espresso pulling the shot steaming the milk, making the drink from soup to nuts in under a minute. And he'd stand there with a fucking goddamn stopwatch and, and time us. And, and it was solely because of this. Because I was clocking in at like maybe a minute 12, minute 15, that he wrote he wrote me up and, and was like demanded that I like increase my speed. And I'm like, I'm doing my best. Granted, I was high as fuck on Kratom and weed. I'm, I'm in the bag making orange juice and Kratoms and, and hitting the fucking dab pin. But that, that's beside the point. That's everybody there. That's if Every coffee shop you go to, everybody is stoned out of their gourds trying to get through that job. This bullshit fucking job that, I mean, would be nice if it actually paid or if anybody actually left a fucking tip. Uh, but it doesn't pay for shit, and nobody wants to leave a tip on coffee. So the, the only consolation is you can just get as fucking high as you want. Um, but yeah, so he he's hitting me with the stopwatch, and then like he writes he writes me up, and the, and at the same time like doing that you know classic like 1950 style boss thing where it's like if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. So there was no downtime. They were they were always like creating this bullshit busy work for us to do you know the, the hallmark of any good job it, making you just like constantly wipe shit down and you know jiggle bags on the shelves to to fucking do nothing just make just really just making it look like you're working just to like to, ju to justify their existence as bosses and man and managers and regional managers is like they you know they gotta have something to delegate and, to, and then we gotta have something to do and it's it's this like ouroboros of fucking bullshit work where, where nothing's even getting done like no, there's nothing happening it's just making it look like you're busy uh but, you know because the the fucking owner of the company might walk in at any second this, this fucking moshe Kasher looking pedophile dude uh Gre gregory himself might walk in and see that people, you know, see that people might actually be enjoying their job to some degree. So there has to be busy work. Uh, so there's that. But then, yeah, so, the, the, but it, you know, every morning during the rush, I'm getting stopwatched. And, and the second time, and, and he he's breathing down my neck, you know, for weeks. And the second time the, the, this Himalayan guy, Kush, the manager, writes me up. He pulls me in the back and he's like, you know, I got, you know, you're still, you're clocking in at like a minute nine. I need you under a minute on these, these fucking lattes. And he, he writes me up. He's like, you know, one more of these. And it's, it's, uh, you know, your final warning. It could, you know, it could be termination. And I just looked at him and I go, Hey Kush, um, you are really fucking annoying. And he was like, okay, okay. And, and this this fucking coward, like, I don't know how this shit works at a place like this, but this fucking coward didn't even have the balls to fire me himself. It's like 10 minutes later, 
the, the you know this fruit the fruity fucking fat ass uh regional manager comes storming in and he points at me and he's like you take your apron off and clock out you're fired you don't work here anymore and i was like okay so i took my apron off threw it on the floor and i'm just like slamming my my fist and my fingers into this like touch screen to clock out and i'm like well i'm fired everybody goodbye <clears throat> And then, uh, and so I just left and then like, and then a few days later, I mean, there, you know, there were some people that would tip, but then a, a few days later I get a call from the manager and he's like, Oh, Hey, Oh, you know, we have your tips for the week. You want to come get your, like your last tips. And, and so I, I go back to the coffee shop to pick up these tips and he hands them to me and he's all smiling and friendly. This fucking jackass spineless little fucking goddamn snow asian yellow snow snow having ass um and he like he shakes my hand and, and he's like do you have any questions for me i'm like yeah can i have my job back and he's like oh you'll have to you know uh talk to corporate about that and i'm like fucking look me in the goddamn eyes and ha like grow a pair and give me a straight fucking answer Tell me I can't have it back. Tell me I suck at this job. Tell me I'm a bad employee. Like, say something fucking real instead of whatever this bureaucratic bullshit speak is you're using. I don't mind being castigated. I don't mind you telling me to fuck off if, because I'm a shit employee. I'm well aware of that. But don't hit me with this, like, bullshit, these bullshit niceties. You know, like, uh, uh, the, the, this guise of this corporate friendliness. It, no, tell me that I absolutely fucking suck and you will never have me back at this job. And he wouldn't do that. No, he just told me to call corporate. I'm like, I'm not going to, uh, I'm definitely not doing that. Um, so I, you know, I left that place and then I went and got another job as a barista at a, uh, one of these, like, is is such a weird kind of business. It was, it's, it's like, it, it's a coffee bar that's inside of a barber shop. So it was like, I was like running the coffee bar at a uh at like a hot like a sort of like ritzier barber shop like play one of them places with like really ornate chairs like old-timey chairs and like fancy barbers with leather aprons and but it all but i was making coffee drinks like people would come in and like just order coffee at a barber shop and i'm, I'm like there's like fucking hair everywhere like why would you come here specifically just to get coffee it's root really strange and then but then there would be people that would get their hair cut and be getting shaves that would also like want coffee while they're getting their hair cut I'm like this is this is so gross because there's just like stubble and hair floating around everywhere uh but i i only worked there for like you know a couple couple weeks and then i got another job at a uh, children's clothing company doing customer service and that job sucked ass as well i mean it was whatever it was a, it was a nice little office job in one of those like fascist open floor plan offices god i, I hate that shit so much you know we we uh we long for the we yearn for the cubicle these days because uh an open floor plan really just like it just makes it feel like you're under total constant surveillance because you are that's that's the whole reason for that design it looks hip it looks fun and hip and like oh you know we're all just flowing here 
But I, I think the only reason that shit exists, the only reason they tore down the cubicles and turned all these fucking goddamn offices into these open floor plans is just so all the managers and founders and CEOs and whomever can keep an eye on everybody while they're working. Because, I mean, at least with the cubicle, you have some semblance of privacy and autonomy. It's, you know, it's not an office, but at least it has walls so you can, like, keep to yourself and, just, you know, like, do your fucking job without that feeling of, like, impending doom because you're being watched but then like an open floor plan is is like oh well I, just everybody can see i, I mean I, yeah i guess it's cool that there's a fucking ping pong table here in a mortal kombat 4 machine but it would be you know what would be nice is it, some actual fucking privacy while i'm doing my job is it, is just to like to be able to actually sit at this computer and work without having to worry about like what i look like or if it looks like I'm busy enough, uh, and, and it's just like totally, you know, fascist is I guess is the word. And then and then like with work from home, it's even weirder because that now you're bugging your own home. Now it's like okay, take your work computer into your house, and it's like it is better than having to go into an office. Like that, I mean, there's absolutely no reason to go into an office these days. Uh, as long as you have like a decent internet connection at home, I, like the you know the only people advocating for this return to office, or you know, are just trying to prop up the commercial real estate, cause cause like anybody that owns those buildings or is leasing those that office space is absolutely losing their asses on that shit. Like I think I think I remember <clears throat> I remember reading something that like the Empire State Building. Uh, like 90% of that office space is just like not being used right now. And it's, it's, it's also like really weird to think about the fact that like most of those skyscrapers in New York, or I guess like any major metropolitan city, like a lot of what's in those buildings is just office space. It's just like different, you know, floors and floors of, of uh, rooms, the space that's just like, desks and tables and printers and fax machines and computers and it's like people are like driving eighty thousand dollar cars to go pay to park to go up into an elevator to go into a building where they open a laptop and maybe answer three emails you know for, for the day you know like any in any given eight hour work day they're doing maybe five, two three hours of actual work any typical office drone I'm, I'm sure people in like higher uh like more prestigious positions are, are doing like more work but like anybody that's just like putting in the grind of the nine to five is is like putting in so much fucking work just to get to the job if they're in an office and, and they gotta pay you know all the gas and car note and all this shit just to get there and then like once you're there like it's so asinine like the existence of these buildings is crazy to think about like it just exists so people can go like click clack on a fucking keyboard and, and and do something that they absolutely could just do from home and then any any one-on-one -on -one meetings with managers or team meetings or whatever can be done over zoom or microsoft teams uh and it's fine it's like there doesn't need to like it's not something that requires anything to be in person uh there doesn't need to be the feeling of family or in uh, you know the energy of being in person because everybody understands that it's a fucking job and that there's work to do uh 
Uh, so it's, it's not the same as like, well, you know, it, like any creative endeavor or, or something that might actually warrant like a, being physically in the room with other people. It's, it's literally just like some bullshit that people are agreeing to do so they don't starve. So you can rest assured that the work is going to get done because the alternative is death. <laughs> that's, that's the that's why working from home actually does work because people people are still incentivized to do their job otherwise they will fucking die uh, <laughs> uh, but working from the you know the downside of working from home is you have now bugged your own home you know like I I um, may or may not do that now and uh, you know i got i got a whole i got a whole setup that's just you know a surveillance system for for my home office which is you know the the inside of my box car because i'm homeless and in, in substantial debt please subscribe to the patreon everybody i am riddled in financial issues patreon.com slash corn fed with dalton pruitt five dollar tier ten dollar tier fifteen dollar tier uh, but the most important one, the $25 tier gets you the Fraternal Order of Corn Fed decal after three months of being subscribed. So it is $75 for a sticker. But once you subscribe, you can send me a list of your enemies and I will call for a jihad upon them. Uh, and then once you get the decal after the three, you know, after the three months, you're also welcome to just be a guest on the show. We'll do a full fucking show with you because who are we? You know, me, Kevin, Sal on the main show. We're just guys. We're just dudes. We're not big famous comedians. We're not big famous podcasters. We don't have wealth. We're just guys grinding it in day out, day day in, day out like you folks. Uh, probably doing worse than many of you. I know I am. Uh, so shout out to uh, Chris who subscribed to the $25 tier. Uh, he might go all the way. I think he is going to go all the way and get the decal. And then we'll we'll have him on the show. But speaking of jihad, uh, everybody is in love again with Osama bin Laden. Uh, the 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 big controversy right now, the big news story now is the Gen Z, the Zoomers, um, at least on TikTok. Uh, also follow me on TikTok, TikTok at Dalton Pruitt. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the, but the Gen Z folks have, I, I guess, uh, like they re, they've discovered that letter he wrote as to like why he did 9/11, and some of the, I guess, like some of the point. I haven't actually fucking read the letter. I don't like, I don't care. Uh, yeah, but I guess like some of the points he makes line up with their like these arguments that these people have that like younger leftists have for like de decolonization and like the great satan that is the colonizers and colonizer culture and so now they're like sympathizing with osama bin laden um and i mean in that regard i mean i guess he does make some good like I, I, like he makes decent points about american imperialism he also advocates for like pretty strict sharia law <laughs> and all that but you know, uh, like I'm not, I'm not like a, you know, I'm not a Bin Laden head necessarily. Uh, I mean, I did, I did mention this on uh, t t X, formerly Twitter, that uh, while 
I think 9-11 was kind of a mean thing to do, very rude. Um, the Twin Towers were uh, disgusting buildings, very unsightly, uh, brutalist uh, obelisks even that were, you know, only, uh, you know, magnificent in their, the scope of them, the scale, the symmetry, uh, but they have just total fucking eyesores, J just big giant blocks planted in the middle of the city. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think Osama bin Laden did us all a favor by, you know, getting rid, it sucks that, look, it's unfortunate that people died it's it's unfortunate that all the the gentiles that were not given the word to to not come into work that morning did perish in the 9-11 attacks but that like the you know we were finally rid of those just atrocious buildings i mean crimes of architecture and uh what we, you know what we have now is the freedom tower which is a much more a uh, glamorous, elegant, dignified work of architecture. Uh, you know, the, the the twin towers were just brutalistically fascist, uh, and, and and I mean truly fascist. You know, somebody on X, formerly Twitter, said that they look like they would go, they would belong in like the Freedom Tower. Looks like it, it belongs in Metropolis, whereas the twin towers belong in Gotham. And it's like no, no, no uh like gotham is at least has the the sort of like poppy bubblegum fascism of art deco like gotham has this like gothic uh you know Anne Rand style uh pop fascism to it whereas the twin towers would, would be like better set in like mega city one from 2000 ad you know judge dread just a, a, a total fascist police state in which the cops themselves are all judge, jury, and executioner. That's what the Twin Towers look like. They look like two giant fucking, um, what are essentially like city block housing developments, uh, that, that, you know, that, uh, quarter the, the, you know, all, all the people in the city or, or whatever is going on in judge. It's been, it's been a while since I've seen the movie or read any of the books, but you know, basic the idea is that following the you know the uh, downfall of civilization and like whatever apocalyptic events, the uh, American cities there's only a few left, and Mega City One is the big one, and so like instead of having like city blocks or anything like any open air areas everything is relegated to the inside of these giant fucking buildings and, and so that's where all the markets and housing and, and shops and restaurants are just inside these giant hideous fascist buildings and that's what the twin towers look like except you know they, they that was where i guess like what did people do what did what did anyone do there it was like finance or like banking or whatever so i mean i mean honestly good fucking riddance i'll tell you that much taking out merrill lynch the the people that doing doing a little fight club getting rid of the people that i owe money to on these on a couple credit cards okay that's what i mean honestly <laughs> honestly 9-11 this is i mean this is fucked up and i'm just now realizing this 9-11 
it w was the same idea as Project Mayhem from Fight Club. Uh, and Fight Club came out in 99. So, you know, that, that was one of those sort of like portentous harbingers of what was to come that, you know, I guess Palinuk and David Fincher, you know, didn't even realize uh, looking back on it would... Um, might might have even you know inspired Bin Laden and Mohammed Atta and the the fellas that did not yeah but that I mean like blowing up the fucking financial centers is like the same plot that uh, Tyler Durden and the you know the narrator um, I am I am Jack's Jihad <laughs> it's the same yeah the same plot that they had get rid of the financial centers and erase all the debt uh which i don't really understand as, as like a plan i don't understand how blowing up the fucking buildings is gonna erase all the credit card debt i think the debt still exists it's just now the owners of the buildings can file an insurance claim and like make more money uh which i think is what the owner of the world trade centers did right larry silverstein he was in this bidding war with the like the port authority to uh, buy the WTC complex. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know how you, I don't know how any like one person just like owns a fucking building like that. Uh, but he, he won out in like July of that year, July of 2001. And then September of that year, kaboom, the buildings are gone. And then he gets like fucking like billion dollar insurance claim. Okay. Silverstein. All right. All right, triple parentheses, Silverstein. I, I feel you. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we don't do that kind of stuff here. Especially not now. Not when the I, the IDF needs our help more than ever, according to uh, according the friend of the show, Ben Shapiro. Uh, we got we to send our fucking money to the IDF. That rules, by the way. That's awesome that um, he is, like... I guess he fired her, but he's, he's like been beefing with Candace Owens. Uh, and it's, it's fun. It's, it, that's really fun. Where she's like, you know, two absolutely no heroes in that story. A, a sort of Freddy versus Jason situation where it's, it's just like, well, no matter what, no matter who wins in this one, uh, still just an all rotten fucking evil person. <laughs> that's the victor. Um, <laughs> And it's you know I, I love that uh, I love I love that she utilized like scripture in, in, in her like war with Ben Shapiro currently like he, she quoted some like Bible verse and then he called her out and got mad at her and was like well Candace you know if you, if God says you don't want to I don't know if God doesn't think you should work here then you should leave and she's like how dare you insert yourself into scripture and it's like well bitch i mean you're you're using the scripture itself to to prop yourself up and, and like fortify yourself in this like weird squabble you like you're using it in in a way that jesus would not like you know to to uh create this image for yourself and like position yourself as this like noble warrior against ben shapiro uh, to, to further your own like fucking interests in your own fucking career like I don't know what any of these like any of these people really believe in I think like they worship really the almighty dollar I mean it's, it's my favorite thing about Ben Shapiro and like trust me 
as soon as I can, this show will also do this. But he'll be like in these impassioned, rageful monologues on his show, calling for like further genocide and bloodshed, and be like, Hamas is Palestine. Palestine is Hamas, and that's why it's important that the IDF continues to bomb the hospitals and pour white phosphorus on all the babies in Palestine. More on that in a minute. Uh, speaking of cooked children, this episode is brought to you by Good Rancher Beef Jerky. <laughs> like He just flows seamlessly into these ad reads. Um, and and I, like, I, the, 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 the thing that gets me about that, like that really weirds me out about that, is like, for him, it's like, yeah, I mean, he's a con man. He's got to make a fucking buck, and that's... I would love to be able to do that. But I, the, peop, the the fans of his, like, the people that do support him and his message, how do they not see that? Like, how, how do they put up with that? Like, if you're, if you're like, sincerely tuning into the, uh, the fucking Daily Wire and the Ben Shapiro show and watching this shit and, and just, like, nodding your head you know, in agreement with him, and, and then you're hit with this, like, you, you know, just abrupt interruption for, like, a VPN service or a beef jerky or a skin cream. Uh, like, how do you put up with that? Like, how do you... How are you watching this and agreeing with the points he's making and, like, feeling the, the rage and passion uh, that he's, like you, like, beaming onto you and, but then he's also trying to sell you, you know, use promo code Shapiro at checkout for 20% off. Like, how, how, I, I don't understand how you, how you, like, don't see through that and how, how you're just, you know, that uh, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Because it's it, the, the thing that's, like, unsettling about it is it's not like, God, this fucking goddamn chair. The thing that's unsettling about it is it's, it's not like a like an actual ad break. Like I mean, at least on Fox News, the, there's like it's not the anchors themselves that are reading it. So there's still this like distance between them and the products that are like paying for the show. They're sponsoring it, you know. It's, it's like who whoever's on you know Mad Hour or whatever is, is bitching about something, and then you know more on that after the break. And then it, and then it cuts to uh, a you know a commercial for laundry detergent, deodorant, and toothpaste, and reverse mortgages. And then it comes back to Rachel Maddow, and so it's like, you know, Rachel Maddow herself gets to stick with her own like fear mongering and propaganda and political agenda. And, and then the sales is left up to the ad agencies and the the product itself and the corporate sponsors. So like. Never the twain shall meet. Maddow herself is not trying to get you to, you know, go go to, go to bonobos.com and use promo code. <laughs> she doesn't, she also just sounds like Ben Shapiro. Go to bonobos.com and use promo code Maddow for 20% off your khakis. Um, no, there's none of that. So th there's still like this, you know, it's, it's still this like separation between the the like on-air personality and the you know the corporate sponsorship whereas with shapiro it's you know one in the same so i like i don't know how anyone like is legitimately a fan of and like supportive of him and what he does because it's so blatant how much he's just like you know trying to get a fucking buck out of people um 
And, and it's like lately all he's talked about is how much he wants the IDF and the state of Israel to just fucking decimate Palestine. It's this like totally um, like religious call for like war and death and destruction and, and apocalypse in the Middle East. And it's like even fucking like Joel Osteen and Jim Baker and all those guys, like they're not just like shame, always shamelessly um, calling for Armageddon or, or, or doing like doomsday shit. Uh, I mean, they do a lot of that for sure. But the, you know, they also will will read scripture and do all the things a preacher is supposed to do to to make you feel good. But it's like with Ben Shapiro and any of these guys, Steven Crowder, Matt Walsh, it's just, it's just like non-fucking-stop war hawk propaganda. The sky is falling. Everybody's trans. Uh, you know, uh, just like, whatever. You know, dystopia. Straight out of 1984. <laughs> you know, it's constantly with those guys. It, may, it makes you look at somebody like Kenneth Copeland fondly. You're like, man, I'd rather... You know, I'd, re- I'd rather watch this guy at this point because at least he'll read some Bible verses and make me feel the damn, the damn Holy Spirit. Speaking of new show coming to the Billionaire Podcast Network, ching ding 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 ding, did fill her up? New show coming to the network. I had my boy Jamie Gravy on recently. I hope y'all watched that episode. If you didn't, go check that out. Uh, but we're gonna do a very sincere Bible study show. Uh, I think. The tentatively titled "The Blessed Backyard Boys Bible Banquet," uh, which is that—I mean, let's get this straight right off the bat. That is absolutely a ripoff of uh, Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. <laughs> That's it was too good not to not to rip off Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. So, the Blessed Backyard Blessed Backyard Boys Backdoor Bible ba- Backyard Boys, the Blessed Backyard Boys Bible Banquet. Um, yeah, cause I mean, both he and I both grew up pretty religious in the church and, you know, like the scripture tells you, you will lose your way and then you must find it again. Uh, you'll go down the left hand path and then must return to the right hand path, I, I believe. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do a pretty sincere Bible study show. No swear words. I mean, no swear words, and it's it's gonna be uh, not ironic. We're not. Mo- I don't want to approach this from a place of mockery, and so Colin mockery from uh, whose line is it anyway? Uh, <laughs> no, I I just because I yeah. But he and I both share the sentiment that we just like miss actually reading the Bible and going to church, and so I was you know I just was like, hey, let's you know, let's do a little Bible study. So I still got to read Genesis chapter one. We're going cover to cover, baby. You know, we're going front to back. So study the Bible with us at the Blessed Backyard Boys Bible Banquet. And yeah, I mean, for sure, the plan is to, is to like, with that show, turn the Billionaire Podcast Network into some sort of like religious organization, a church, and claim tax exemption. So all the, uh, advertiser dollars and patreon money uh is you know tax-free 
I can't believe like if that that might actually work. I need to look into that if I can do that. But you know, that's that's a business strategy that I can't believe I'm the only one that's thinking of right now. You know, as, as much as I respect Lewis uh, Jay as a businessman, he should absolutely have uh, you know some some sort of like bible religious show on that network just 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 for the purposes of trying to turn gas digital into a church and he's not doing that and it's like well hey pal um you know step to the fucking billionaire podcast network because this is about to be this is about to be a church organization all right my and my my flock continue to grow with uh not really people are unsubscribing from the fucking youtube is it the td videos I mentioned earlier we're going to get into the TikTok. Is it the rack reactions? Is, is the reason because I started uploading some of those to uh, the YouTube channel? I was doing it as like shorts, but the shorts only let you do sixty seconds at a time, and I was like, "This is a fucking pain in the ass." Uh, why don't I just upload the whole thing as like its own like video? Because they're only like three to maybe like three to six minutes long each. Which is funny, like people have like commented that like these are really long, and I'm like, no, you just have iPad baby brain. You you just have like the brain of a cracked out, like content obsessed junkie that can't like focus on somebody, like literally just talking, you know, for a few minutes, and it's not like it's not super cut and edited in like that weird way. I, I can't stand that. Like, when I watch anything on TikTok or YouTube or whatever, and it's that constant, like, jumpy, like, like I'm watching, a, like, a fucking Liam Neeson action movie, but it's just somebody, literally just somebody kind of doing what I'm doing now, but there's, like, nine cuts a second with what they're doing. It's that I, I cannot fucking stand that. And, and it's, 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 it's crazy to me to learn and, and like, hone in this craft of like video editing for the purposes of do of like turning your spongebob video essay in, in into this like fever dream fucking like you, like taken movie you know like like how in like an action scene like in, in a movie like that like taken or the born identity it'll be something as simple as like matt damon hopping a fence and there's like 12 cuts in this, you know, five or six second sequence. And there's so, there's so many fucking TikToks and YouTubes like that, that, that I'm like, you're, you're wasting your video editing ability on this. You should be like, figuring out a way to actually present yourself and what you want to say in, in a manner that, in an actual broadcasting fashion, in, in a way that's interesting. So you don't have to fucking do this. That's the thing, is none of these fucking people know how to be interesting or entertaining or have the cadence or the fucking timing to do so. So they're using, like, weird digital computer tricks to, to like, fool people into watching their shit. And, and it's and it's also only, like, a fucking minute long. You know, it's, it's like a minute long, like, bullshit sketch or some, like, call to action or a PSA or, you know, the thing about colonization or the thing about trans rights and it's just, you know, the back and forth and all the fucking editing. Yeah, it's 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 like whacking out people's brains. And so when, some, when me, I come along, and by the way, I don't know how to fucking do any of that. That's the other thing. 
I spent all my time getting good at stand-up and broadcasting and talking like I'm doing now. This is what I'm good at. I have no fucking clue how to do video editing. I just figured out iMovie. When I'm done recording this, I'm going to plug this into iMovie and put the fucking the intro song and the outro song and then put a little backing track to it. That's as much as I know how to do. But the thing is, I don't need to know how to do anything else because I'm just entertaining as it is. So everything I'm doing now, one fucking take, one seamless, streamlined uh, podcast in which there's no edits, there's no jumps, there's no cuts. It's just me talking by myself. A rare, unique talent missing in, in, in so much of the world now. You know, not very few people can do what I'm doing right now. I'll tell you that goddamn much. You know... I'm the I'm the I'm the fucking Glenn Beck, uh, of, uh, of 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 I'm I'm just I'm also Glenn Beck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn, I, yeah, I love him. He's great. He just looking as bloated and alcoholic as ever. I don't know if anybody watches Glenn Beck still, but he does a some internet radio show, and he's he's got these like really good looking micro these like white microphones that say GB on them, and he you know he's still doing his uh. You know, his weird, like, propaganda, like, conservative grift kind of thing. My mom likes him. My mom really respects him. She, oh, he loves to paint. And I was like, oh, well, you know who else loved to paint? Guy by the name of Hitler. Okay, and he, he was quite the orator himself. So, think about that, sweetheart. <laughs> um... Oh, yeah, but the titty videos, uh, yeah, I, I started uploading those, and then I noticed that, like, people, like there was a drop-off in uh, subscribers on the YouTube channel. So, I mean, let me know if the titty videos are that upsetting. Like, if you're seeing them elsewhere and you don't want to have to see them here, or if you just think they suck, fine. I won't upload them here. They'll stay on TikTok and X, formerly Twitter. Uh, <laughs> um... But I don't know. It's just it's fun, and and TikTok is a good way to like develop an audience. And I I can always tell when like a tech like a new technology or something is like gonna actually work by the age and, and like volume of people that uh, poo poo on it, that vilify it. And like TikTok for the last few years has been something that boomers and a lot of gen x and like this huge contingent of like older people are saying is very dystopian very 1984 uh you know it spells the death of culture and civilizations like well this is the one to hop on because these people have been fucking wrong about everything forever when it comes to this kind of thing and then they end up adopting it anyway like when it's too late so I figured, you know, we're, we're a few years into TikTok and it's still growing. It's still kind of new and scary to people. So it's time to hop on board. Um, and it is, it is like a fun thing to use because like there's so little originality on there that like just coming along myself being who I am and, and doing what I do, which is like very minimal. It's like what I do is very simple it, it's it's just speaking it's just orating which like there's so few people on there that actually know how to do that uh in 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 a way that's actually like fun interesting and engaging and entertaining like they either have like this, this heavily scripted thing they're doing or this like hyper edited frenetic like bullshit or you know 
it's just people like a thousand different people doing variations of the same joke the oratrice mechanique denalise cardinal the or the, the, you know something you know, like a meme happens and then a bunch of people do a dance and each one gets a thousand likes um and then you know i just do what i do which is like just another version of broadcasting basically which is what you know something i enjoy i that's one of the good things about the internet is i get to be a broadcaster so i you know i i'm grateful for uh i i guess i would not be exploring all of this if it was it wasn't for uh robbie goodwin so go follow his show what about rob because i mean he was the one he was the, like the heart and soul of the loud boys you know i i was sort of the uh the the not even the brains of it what, what was i the spine of the operation and um joe was the uh the tumor that was uh <laughs> the joe was the t the tumor on the brain of the loud boys that was uh I, I guess like making us I I interesting to look at and also killing us um but uh yeah robbie was the one who wanted to do the show and understood the like filming and editing and he had connections and, and, and like i had i guess i i had like thought about podcasting prior to meeting him but like the plan always was something like that like meet somebody who has the wherewithal and actually wants to fucking do this and then do a show with them and try and build that and, and so like i'm grateful to him for for doing that and, and like helping me get you know get my feet wet get my foot in the door of actually podcasting and then you know in a sheer act of desperation after everything that happened to me i'm, I'm doing this now which is like a, a fun you know it's a fun thing to do and i'm glad people enjoy the solo thing that i'm doing and enjoy the the main show that i do and we're gonna start i guess we're gonna start having guests or whatever on but it's you know the the solo thing is definitely uh back against the wall just like all right let's see if i can do a little little am radio uh solo show you know uh just talk to myself for a little while um and, and you know people have, people have said you know people have said you're the you know you're the tim dylan of the people you know it's, it's like he's too he's too far gone he's too out of touch too disconnected from the from the fucking truth from the real thing now and it's like you know here's a guy just looking into a shitty webcam with a shitty microphone uh in his box car we can relate to this <laughs> um I don't know what to think about him. I, I, you know, I met him briefly. He seemed like a nice guy, but I just, I, I, you know, obviously I am the first billionaire podcaster. I just can't wrap my head around that kind of like wealth and success to like be, be at that level where you're like to, to be at, to be at a place in life where you're complaining about five-star hotels and five-star restaurants and, and interviewing, you know, politicians and celebrities and stuff is just so far beyond me and it's completely un it's also just like unrelatable but people slop it up you know his patreon is huge and i you know people seem to enjoy him 
Um, but I mean, that's that's the goal of many entertainers is to succeed enough that they don't have to fucking you know pal around with the uh, the proletariats and the troglodytes anymore. You know, they they don't you know they like they they want to get wealthy enough and successful enough that they don't actually have to fucking concern themselves with you fucks. But me, I'm of the people. I'm the people's champ of podcasting. Ooh, another moniker. The people's champ of podcasting. That's me, folks. I'll never leave you. I'll never flex my wealth, because I don't have any yet. Um, but I mean, what a boring thing to do on a show. It's not even that it's like offensive in the way that it's it's just gaudy and gauche. Like I mean, that's always existed. You know, lifestyles of the rich and famous and the MTV cribs and all that. There's always been like an element of that. But it, like, if you're ostensibly some sort of like comedian or entertainer in that way, and you're just spending any amount of time talking about money and wealth and the cars you drive and the fucking watches you have, it, it's it, it like what, what they like what those kinds of people. And I'm talking about like you know like Tom Segura and whomever, Bert Christ, or like those kinds of people. Like what they don't seem to understand, like any criticism that's levied against them in that regard, they seem to take it as like poor people upset that there's rich people. And it's like, no, who gives a fuck? Like, go make your money. Who cares? It's boring. It's just fucking boring is what it is. Like, regular people just don't care. It's like, okay, you have a fancy watch. I have a Casio. You know what? They both tell the fucking time. You know, you, you drive a, a, what, a Ferrari? What's a nice car? A Tesla, even? It's like, I drive a Honda Accord. Well, I don't have a car right now, but... Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I guess... I guess any car would be interesting to a guy like me, but, you know, for for anyone, it's, it's, it's like, okay, you drive, you drive a supercar, a Ferrari, I drive a Honda Accord. Guess what? They, they, they're both sitting in the drive-thru at the fucking Chick-fil-A. So... Like, I, you know, it, it's just boring to, to, to flex your wealth. You know what else is boring? Watching clips of uh, other people's uh, stuff <laughs> is doing doing a shittier version of Tosh.0, of ridiculousness, of, uh, I mean, how embarrassing is that? That, you, like, your show is essentially, and I'm definitely just talking about your mom's house at this point, your show is a sh- like a shittier version of ridiculousness. It's just watching the same fucking clips over and over and over again. They of, of these like misfits and weirdos that you find online, and, and like you know showing them to uh, like your guests who I don't even know if are particularly interested in this kind of thing, and and, and that's your show. That's like a big part of your show is this like. Because people have told me that I qualify as, as a member of like what they call the cool guy club. That I would be considered a cool guy. It's like, fine. give I'll take the fucking exposure. It's it's also just shit. It's also just shit entertainment. It's, well, it's not entertainment. It's content. Like, there was always this distinction like art versus entertainment. And now there's no art. And now there's not even really entertainment. Now it's just content. So they're just taking other people's content and then giggling about it to themselves while they cash fucking checks. And then the people in these videos probably don't, are, like, may not even be aware that they're, like, the subjects of 
this sort of like criticism and mockery on this program. And then, like, to add fucking insult to injury, these motherfuckers will actually make merch based on this shit. So it's like, they're selling t-shirts of shit that people say in these fucking clips that they're just, like, taking for their own show. And it's, like, completely lacking in, in any sort of, like, real creativity or originality. And it's just not, it's, like, not interesting. It's, like, either that or just or just talking about fucking money. And it's, gosh, it's, it's and, and at the end of the day... The biggest crime is it's just so fucking goddamn boring. It's just what, bo like, that's what money does to people. Like, when money corrupts, what it really does that's worse than anything is it just makes you so fucking boring. It, the, you lose that grit, that rawness, and, and you just become this husk that has absolutely nothing to fucking say or add to anything. And the only reason anyone respects you is you got there. So, like, you're, you're just gliding on this, like, success. And so you have this money now. And, and you're caught in this, like, feedback loop of, like, well, I have succeeded and I have money. And, and people respect me now because of the money. And, and you're just, like, absolutely just losing fucking touch. And, and and that's the benchmark for everybody. It's just like once you have any amount of money, that also correlates to to respect. And then any criticism otherwise, like any sort of like, you know, critical analysis of what you're doing is coming from a play. You know, coming from the haters, from the from the ones that are envious, they're jealous of this like wealth and success. And it's like, yeah, I mean, there's an element of that. It's like, yeah, who wouldn't want to be fucking rich as fuck? But also, it's coming from people who actually do want to support what you're doing when what you're doing now is so fucking goddamn boring. It, it's an insult. It's it's an absolute fucking insult to everyone that's like tuning into it and and, and that has been supporting you. And, and and you know nothing will happen. They'll just get more and more successful because like they're they're already like past that Rubicon. Like, they, they've crossed over into this realm where they're just going to keep making more and more fucking money and Liquid Death is going to sell a fucking goddamn $60 cardboard box with your face on it. So, that's... I mean, I guess that's the goal for this show. <laughs> uh, but now, I'm just, like, turning into Red Bar now. Um, but, yeah, I mean... You know, people, yeah, everybody worships the dollar. I mean, that's the thing with that Matt Reif guy, right? Is he's, like, successful monetarily, and he gets to tour, and he has, a spe like, an hour special, but he sucks ass. And But you get to, you see him on all these big shows in these, like, interviews where people are treating him like he's this, this fucking artist, like this hot new kid on the block that's, you know, really shaking things up. And it's like, well, no, he's just a pretty boy who... Like, you know, chicks want to fuck him, and, and so, to, you know, dot, 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 money. Um, but he sucks. Like, he has, no, he has nothing interesting to say, and, like, all the stories about him, like, these puff pieces are just that, you know, he struggled for, for years and years as a comedian. It's like, yeah, because he sucks. He struggled uh, for 12, 13 years without any, like, real notoriety or success. Uh, because, well, A, that's just what happens, but also he sucks. Uh, and, you know, I guess, like, some TikTok of his went viral, and then everybody, real like, it, what people saw was, like, oh, here's a really hot guy doing stand-up, 
Uh, so let's throw money at him. But, like, I don't know. Like, money money itself is, is like, like, I don't know. Making money, the ability to actually make money and, and build wealth is something to be respected and, like, observed and learned from. But it's also, like, not particularly interesting. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that what someone's doing is, is like worthwhile really it's it's just like yeah they made money but you know um lots of people have made money doing like fucking dumb shit like contributing nothing uh i mean look at like look at that artist that, that guy jeff coons like he makes like stainless steel he doesn't even make them he like contracts he gets like servants or whatever uh to create the shit for him like those like stainless steel balloon animals like these uh like balloon it looks like a balloon animal looks like a poodle but it's made out like stainless steel and it's painted blue and he'll you know he'll have his like servants make these things and they could be anywhere from like small like actually like a balloon animal to like big big ass sculptures and they sell for millions and millions of fucking dollars but it's just, it's uninspired bullshit. There's nothing to it. It's like it's like worse than even, you know, like Basquiat or Warhol. It's like worse than that. Uh, I don't know if we got any Basquiat fans here, any Warhol fans, but I just think what they did was really fucking stupid. <laughs> and, uh, but that's I mean, the art world is beyond me. I just I just know what I look at and like and think is actually good versus bullshit and i look at basquiat stuff and i'm like this is some bullshit uh this looks like dog shit and what i'm supposed to like it because he was black all right fine i guess <laughs> if you want to do if if what's if what gives this value is the fact that not liking it is racist then i mean that therein is kind of the fucking problem with, with what he did so I say heroin did its fucking job with Basquiat, folks. Good fucking riddance. Um. <laughs> uh, damn. What else? This, is, this has been a this has been an energetic one. I got it's because I got a I got a damn Zen Wintergreen in right now. Six milligram Zen Wintergreen. Uh, see that. Uh, Zen is no sin, as Tucker Carlson says. What, what a piece of shit that guy is! And you know he's doing the podcast circuit now because he's not allowed to be a news anchor anymore. You know it's funny how that works. It's funny how you know when you've worked in and gotten fired from every cable news organization that it's it's like you you that's when you realize like when you finally. When Rupert Murdoch himself fires you, that's when you finally say, "Oh, I guess I guess cable news is kind of shady and and does a lot of like weird propagandistic stuff and, um, you know, uh, distorts information for the purposes of manufacturing consent." Blah blah blah. You know, it's 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 funny how you come to that realization when the job is just no longer available, right? And so now it's time to. Uh, you know, cater to to those that uh, swore off of uh, traditional legacy media and mainstream news and start doing barstool podcasts and f the fucking Theo Vaughn podcast. 
guess. Uh, as, as though that's a choice you were gonna make anyway. Like, as though, like, no, I actually do. Uh, I want to do this. I want to be a, in the podcast world. It's, you know, I I don't want my uh, multi-million dollar a year job at Fox News. I actually want to do podcasting now. It's just, it's such bullshit. Just bullshit. And people, you know, people are falling for it. Um, people with more, you know, wealth and, and resources and, and connections than me, like more important people that watch that and uh, make decisions and, and, and stuff like that, you know. Uh, <laughs> I just don't, I don't like, I, the thing with the, the, I don't know anything about Theo Vaughn. Like people have compared me to him, I guess, because we're both like Southern boys. But I've watched him, and I'm I'm like this. This is like really just like the human version of a puppy. Like watching him, I'm I'm like this is this is how a dog acts. This is this is how like a dog like a every every guest he has his attitude towards them is is like when a dog's home, owner comes home from work, and, and that was the vibe I was getting from that Tucker Carlson interview. It was just like. He was, you know, just a puppy that was happy that his owner is home, or that, or just like the Pokemon Ditto, whereas you know he'll he'll just take on the attributes of whoever he's in the room with. Because I I don't know if he has any like real knowledge or opinions of Tucker Carlson and like what that guy is, but that 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 guy's an absolute fucking scumbag. Like he was one of the biggest proponents of the Iraq War after nine eleven. And was one of the like turn on the glass people. He he was an absolute. He is an absolute far right extremist, who like believes that like no woman should ever have access to abortions, and, and he has like yeah he he he's his politics are so fucking corrupted, and, and he's like his biggest crime is just being like a war hawk. And he he did the, he does this he did this thing where like he called for that fucking Iraq invasion, you know, and in doing so, like being like one of the faces of the propaganda machine, is probably like responsible for a considerable amount of bloodshed at that time, and responsible for like getting people on board with the you know Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, which just translates to, you know, kill as many fucking brown people as we can over there. And, and then, like, as public perception starts to change regarding that, he all, he realizes that he he has to, too, I guess. Because he's come out in recent years, and, and maybe, like, you know, I don't know when, but he, he, he starts saying, yeah, you know, all shucks, I feel kind of bad about, you know, saying that we should invade Iraq... And and then there's like people who say that that's like respectable that like the fact that he did this about face was like well hey at least you learned buddy you know we all make mistakes and it's like I I don't know that that's not really commendable to me that there's nothing commendable about being like one of the most prominent faces in, in cable news and, and calling for this like fucking totally atrocious war an absolute crime against humanity and then just saying you you know you're like oh actually that was you know i was wrong to do that and then people are like bravo sir well done you learn it's like no it doesn't make it okay it's like okay great you learned your lesson fuck right the fuck off 
The blood's on your hands and your cough. Your coffers were still lined by that. What are you gonna do with all that? All those fucking millions? You gonna do? You gonna like give that money to like the displaced and disenfranchised people of the region, or you gonna put it towards some like humanitarian effort? No, this this is just window dressing, you fucking cretin. So it's it's like to see him on that fucking Theo Vaughn show. I'm I'm like 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 what 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 is even Theo's agenda here? Like get more clicks and make more money. Like I, I don't even like it doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, like other other than the fact like other than like maybe like what Theo thinks is he he's being like a, a free thinking intellectual in some to some degree. Like I'll have anybody on and have a conversation with anybody. It's like there's some people you just really should not have a fucking conversation with. Like I would not humor Tucker Carlson in any way. Like, that, that video that went viral a while back of, like, that guy confronting him at some, like, hunting shop, as cringy as, it, as that kind of was, uh, like, what that guy was doing, Tucker Carlson absolutely fucking deserves, it, 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 like, whatever animosity and, and piss and vinegar can be thrown at him. That guy is an absolute fucking monster who, like, should not, like, should not have a platform. And, and, and so what? Just because he does does zen just because he like i'll do i do zen you know i like zen uh and i don't you know i don't think we should ever go to war or and i think women should be able to get abortions right up to the right up to as the head is crowning lop it off if you have to that's that's how that's how pro-choice i am folks um so you know where where's where's my reward Yeah, I that that's yeah, I, you know, I just I don't I don't like I don't like what's happening with that guy, Tucker Carlson, just just trying to pivot and appeal to like the younger dipshit generation that thinks that what they're intellectual because they don't watch Fox News, they listen to the Joe Rogan experience. It's like okay, well, you, I mean, you traded one idiot for another, and it's like to Joe Rogan's credit, you know, he he is a a, a little more. Um, what's the word there is a little more liberation in what he's doing like he does interview like all just many many different kinds of people and is not like pushing any real agenda but it's also like you know um very stupid how many times are you gonna talk about going to do fucking dmt and shit like that (laughs) oh whatever maybe i maybe i am just a hater just a fucking hater. I, I, he's these people. I mean, maybe these people are not idiots. It's just like because they they clearly understand business and how to appeal to people and build an audience and make tons of money. So it's like in that regard, they're not idiots. It's just frustrating to watch because they seem so like dull, just fucking dull, and not even aware of like how complicit they are and like public perception and like the way people think and operate you know it's it's, it's um i you know whatever it, it would it would be nice to just you know I mean, I mean if you were throwing that kind of money at me i guess i would also who knows where my principles are if i had enough money and uh big enough platform and you know somebody like uh henry kissinger wanted to do my podcast you know I guess I would do it for the for the clicks for the money, uh, perhaps. Um, 
Uh, but I would I would grill him. I'd be like, yo, what the fuck, yo, what the fuck was up with Cambodia? Uh, what'd you do? What'd you do to Cambodia, my friend? Uh, not that I'm even like well knowledge in any of that shit. I guess this is this is hacktivism. This is oh, I'm I'm a Marxist. Um, I'm actually a communist. Whatever. Socialism is a fun. Socialism and communism are like fun ideologies to have when you're absolutely flat fucking broke. But I figure if I ever if I ever actually do have, I will have money when I'm the first billionaire podcaster. I'll be a staunch capitalist. Uh, and I don't know. I've I've made it known I'm actually a feudalist. Like I I believe we we are returning to and should return to feudalism and just pay, you know pay up our labor to the the lords of the vassal. Um, they, you know, that's, that's sort of the thesis of, of all of what I'm doing these days is just pro feudalism. Um, I don't know, but I, I have like thought a lot about socialism and communism and it is like, yeah, I mean, when you're poor as fuck, those are, those are actually really nice ideals to think about. Cause it's like, man, this would really take a load off me if there were like social services in place that allowed for any mobility in my life but if i ever had any real money i'd be like pull yourself up by your fucking bootstraps and do podcasting like i did you you absolute fucking bugs you you shit stains on society <laughs> i want wanting a handout you know wanting to take the easy road and not not have to do podcasting uh, not having to do TikToks like I do. Um, that probably uh, that'll do it for this one. I <laughs> uh, everybody, please subscribe to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/CornFed with Dalton Pruitt. Uh, please follow me on TikTok. Let me know if I should stop uploading the rack reactions to the YouTube channel. I because uh, I. Do want to make sure I maintain YouTube subscribers, and if those are pushing people away, I'll just keep those on their respective platforms. Uh, thank you. Uh, I love you. Uh, uh, I, uh, good night. <laughs>